was a very clear blue sky, but it, it was it was cold with it being winter. And I said to my wife, Christine, that I, I needed to go out for a walk. I wanted to get some fresh air. The truth was that I, I had no real intention of going home that day. I, I'd left. I walked to some woodland not far from where from where we live, and and I sat in a in a bit of a clearing, and I just made a decision that the world would be better off without me, and my only way out was, was to end it. That was Dean A. Fox. And this is episode six of Conversation with James Shannon. Success after tragedy. However, Dean had success before the 2008 financial crisis affected his real estate business and caused a lot of turmoil in his life. After bankruptcy and a road traffic accident, Dean was ready to end it all, but he didn't. He now shares his story and helps people with their mindset as well as a lot of other things. This is a story of resilience. This is my conversation with Dean A. Fox. Today, we will be speaking with Dean Fox. Dean has spoken at schools, business events, networking groups, and more helping to eliminate doubts and fears. But before that, Dean was angry. He was at the lowest point in his life. Then one day he picked up a book that his son had bought for him and that helped him to become the person that he is today. I'm happy to be speaking with Dean Fox from DeanAFox.com. Dean, thank you for agreeing to have a conversation with me today. You're more than welcome. Uh, it's a real pleasure. And, and thank you for, for the invite, James. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's much appreciated. Uh, the pleasure is mine. Dean, I I know that you've, you've been on the journey and I want to start at the beginning. You know, life was great. You were married to your wife, Christine, um, in the early 90s. And you guys had your two sons. You were working as an engineer. Then you started to get into business for yourself and then everything was good. So what happened? What, what went wrong? So we had a we had a probably a three year period that I, that I talk about quite often where Things uh, just went on a downward spiral. So we, we were in real estate and uh, property investment development here in the UK. And from the kind of early 2000s through to about well, 2008, obviously. And in 2008, you know, we experienced, as everybody did the world over, probably the, well, not probably, certainly the worst financial crisis that I'd ever experienced in my lifetime. And um, that essentially... Uh, not instantly, but but over the, the next few months, that essentially cost us our um, our real estate business. Everything that we had planned during that period of time was uh, essentially never worked the way we expected it to. Things changed so rapidly from a financial perspective. Um, I often say it was almost like we closed the doors um, one evening at five o'clock and 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 didn't reopen them. You know, the, the financial sector went through such a change in such, such a short space of time that um, everything that we'd, we'd, you know, the systems and processes that we'd built were just no longer available. You know, there was, you know, we lost, we lost development sites, we lost money. It was a really tough time for, for lots of people, but, but for us as well. And then we, we also had some, um, during the times when things were going really well, we, we'd, uh, we'd invested some money as well. 
to try and spread our risk, as they say. Um, but obviously, during uh, you know, you don't expect the financial crisis to be such a, a widespread impact. And it, not only did it, it cause us problems from there, but it also cost us our investments as well for, for various reasons. And so we, we were left in a really difficult financial position. And we struggled on for about maybe 12 to 18 months where we, we were just looking for solutions, saying there must be a way through this. It, it can't last much longer. It'll turn around. And um, it really didn't. And I got to a point where I'd made a decision that I'd said uh, to my wife, look, um, you know, I had a successful career in sales and business development and engineering before we set up our own business. And I'd said, look, I, I'm just going to go back to doing that. Um, at least it'll see us through over this, this period and then we can rebuild again in the future. Uh, and so I made that decision. And then in March of 2010, so uh, just a couple of years after the, uh, uh, almost well, less than two years after the, the financial crisis hit, we, um, we were involved in a really bad road traffic accident. And it was fairly serious. It took a couple of hours to cut us from the, from the wreckage of the vehicle. And it probably took the best part of 12 months to recover both physically and, and psychologically. Wow. And what that did was put paid to my plan of being able just to go back into employment and um, steady the ship, so to speak, because I, I was physically unable to do that. From a medical perspective, I, I wasn't able to work. And what that did was two things. One is that financially it you know dug us in a deeper and deeper hole. And psychologically, it, it pushed me personally into an even darker space and the culmination of that over that kind of from march to december of 2010 two things happened i i had to make a decision we were in danger of losing our home at the time and i had to make some difficult decisions one of which was that uh, i ended up personally bankrupt and that was the only way after lots of discussions and seeking advice that that we could protect the home, which was the one thing um, I didn't really want to lose if I could, if I could possibly uh, avoid it. I'd said to my family, it was a home that we built ourselves and it was, it was our family home. But that left me in that, in a position where I had to make sure, I had to make myself bankrupt. And the, the fallout from that, not just from a financial perspective, but from a, um, a personal perspective in terms of, you know, what I thought people would think of me and, you know, having to tell my parents and, and, and people around me that that's what was happening just added to the, the kind of difficult, dark state I was, I was in. And that spiraled further and further down. And it came to a head in December of that year, I think for two reasons. I think one was that um, I probably reached that point where I wasn't sure I could, I could go on. And the second thing was that we were only then a couple of weeks away from the Christmas period and having a young family and knowing the financial situation just increased the, the pressure almost. And I, I remember it very clearly. I, I'd got up. It was a morning. Actually, today in the UK, we've got a similar morning. It was, it was a very clear blue sky, but it, it, was, it was cold with it being winter. And I'd said to my wife, Christine, that I, I needed to go out for a walk. I wanted to get some fresh air. The truth was that I, I had no real intention of going home that day. I, I'd left. I walked to some woodland not far from where from where we live and and I sat in a, in a bit of a clearing and I just made a decision that the world would be better off without me 
and my only way out was was to end it there and then. But what actually happened, I think, was that at the time I couldn't, I, I never really figured any of this out. But only being able to look back and 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 with the knowledge that I have now, can I see what happened that day? Was as soon as I made that decision, I'd been really, really angry, really stressed, really, um, really upset and emotional up to that point, and 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 very afraid. But the second I made that decision, there was a real peace, a real calmness that came over me. And it was almost as if I, I could no longer hear anything around me. It was just really quiet. And I'd never experienced anything like that before. And I don't know why that was, but it gave me enough time in that state, that peaceful, calm state, to ask myself some questions. And one of the questions that I asked was, why now if if my life was to end it could have ended in a car accident right. you know seven or eight months before that why why didn't it and if it didn't there must have been a reason why it didn't and i don't know what that reason was but maybe there is a purpose and maybe you know i shouldn't be ending it now if it didn't end then why should i end it now and so I returned home and I took, I was looking for some inspiration. I was still not sure what had happened or why it happened or, or what was going on, but I, I needed something, um, a spark of inspiration. And I went into the office that we, that we used from home and I took a book from the shelf, which is you alluded to in the intro was a book that my son bought me on a, uh, the last trip that we took as a family before the financial crisis, he bought me at the airport. And I'd read it during, uh, I'd read the book before that, um, that someone else had, had lent me, but it was, I picked it up and read it that day. It was a book called Think and Go Rich. And I, I, I just couldn't put it down. I read it all through the night. And I, I often say that I saw things in the book that day that I'd never seen before. Um, now obviously they were always there, but I was obviously in a completely different position and I, I saw, things in a way that I'd never seen them before. And that was the start of, you know, my journey, if you like, from what I often call as the darkest place I've been to, to the light that I have today. That is a very dark place. I can imagine going through all of that. That book, that was a uh, thinking grow rich by Napoleon Hill, right? Yes, it was. Yes. All right. So you had mentioned, you said that we were in an accident. Um, was that your entire family were in the car or? So myself and my wife and my youngest son at the time, my eldest son was still at home. He didn't travel with us that day. Um, so three of us. How was that for your oldest son when he got the news? Really difficult, I think. I mean, he, he, you know, he, he did a really good job, I think, in the short term of, of kind of being really strong and holding himself together, had good family around him. Um, but it, but it did, you know, it took him a while. Um, after that, I talk about sometimes the fact that. You know, we, we can hold ourselves together under, under real significant stress for a period of time, but always, always it breaks through. And that did for him a few years later. He, uh, he had some difficult periods after that, which were around, I think, the trauma that, that he suffered. Because obviously, you know, the assumption is that it's us who suffers the trauma because we're in the accident. But you, you, you sometimes fail to recognize the trauma that he suffers at not being there and only finding out the information later and, and having to deal with that afterwards. Yeah, it was, oh, wow. Was it a, 
a single car accident or no it was multiple there was five or six vehicles involved in it wow so and then a few months later you're thinking about just ending it let me ask you are you happy now yes i am and what what's really interesting is that you know people will think sometimes that things have, have hugely changed in terms of the external stuff but what i've what i've realized over my journey is that and i say this a lot to people is that you know if we, if we i spend a lot of time looking for my happiness externally and looking for it in the outside world uh, and over the last decade essentially what i've realized is my happiness was was never on the outside it was always on the inside um it was within and and it took me a while to understand that but having understood it i now realize that nothing on the outside impacts that great i'm happy to hear that i've been there before too i mean not the accident but wanting to end it and um but yeah it's a really dark place so what was it about think and grow rich that helped you what is the book about that made you start your journey i think i think the thing is that the key for me was that obviously the focus of think and grow rich it, it's in essence it's it's all about you know the mindset and the approach of the individual and what really struck me i think was that when i read it the, that that day there were lots of things in there that that you know hill alluded to this idea of you know the key principles that he talks about that have come from his discussions with in his time over 500 of the most successful people and it really struck me that well, hang on a minute if 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 these people are using these principles to have the success that they've had then why why is not everybody using it why am i not using it why haven't i used it and what is it about them that makes them um different why are they why are they seeing that and using it and and I'm, and i'm not so it really kind of drove home to me this idea about how the mind works that it's all about me as an individual in terms of how i approach things and that you know these things happen for a reason and i may not know why at the time what they do and i may only be able to know that in the future so it really opened my eyes to what i now know to be called personal development but this world of personal growth and self reflection if you like really started from from that book from from looking at that in terms of okay th- these are things that i need to be doing this is not something i can get from anywhere else it's something that i need to understand and focus on personally that's great dean and now you're a mindset coach you change your life and now you help other people change their lives can you explain a little bit what you do and how you help your clients yeah i mean uh, you know i i spent a lot of time in 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 the world of personal development so i became this this personal development junkie i i, I went to everything so i was at every event i traveled every time we had bare money available i'd spend it on personal development whether it was books and audio whether it was attending events in the uk or overseas uh, you know i've been blessed to be able to to see some of the, the world's best speakers mentors and, and coaches from around the world uh, at various uh, events you know everybody from people like tony robbins and, and bob proctor les brown you know some amazing amazing people but what i always found was that i would feel hugely inspired and motivated for a period of time after i'd listened to something or been to one of these events or and then over a period of time it would wane again and i would i'd be back almost to square one and i'd have to start again thinking well, okay i need i need something to get me going again and 
what the biggest change for me, the biggest realization was understanding why that happens, this, why this kind of up and down this roller coaster. Because what I'd never done at any point was really under, addressed the underlying core belief system that I had, the image that I'd created for myself and who I thought I was. I'd never really done enough deep work on that to be able to make any of the information that I'd learned, the, the success information, to make any of that last for a long enough period of time to, to deliver the results um, over a sustained period of time. And so the biggest change for me came when I started to, to, to try and understand that process. Where do those beliefs that we have come from? How do, how, how do we end up believing them? How do they affect us in our later life? And most importantly, how do we get rid of them? And not just through some sort of coping strategy or, or, or technique, but how do we actually permanently eliminate them? And what impact would that have? And so I spent a, a significant amount of time doing that. For myself, understanding where I came from, working on them myself to to, to find a, a way to eliminate them completely, and I discovered my background in engineering, and and I always looked for a real simple approach. Everything that I'd seen before seemed to have some sort of long time frame or complex process or you know detailed understanding of something. I was looking for something really really logical and simple, and that's what I discovered. A real logical and simple way um, that eliminated beliefs that worked very quickly and had a huge, huge impact on me personally. And so that's kind of what I spend most of my time doing now is helping people to find those limiting beliefs and eliminate them permanently so that they can take action that they, they know they should take action. Usually I find when I'm working with entrepreneurs or business owners or clients of mine what what they do is they come with a behavior pattern they don't not, not everybody knows exactly what limiting belief they have but they usually have a behavior pattern so they'll come with a pattern of behavior that says that you know i'm struggling with procrastination and what i'd done over a period of time was work out that within certain behavior patterns there were common limiting beliefs so you know I, i've worked with a client who, who said i'm really struggling with confidence and that's affecting my ability to, to speak publicly and things like that and so during my work with some of those people i discovered that there were 20 core building blocks of limiting beliefs that support that behavior pattern and so i often liken it to in the uk we have a game i don't know if it has the same name in, in the us but it's called jenga in the uk it's like a wooden block game you have a wooden tower yeah you, we have that yeah. So, and I liken it to that, that, you know, the behavior pattern is like the wooden tower and you can take some of those blocks out and it won't collapse. And that's what I was doing in the previous time. I was attending events. I was removing some of those blocks, but the tower never really collapsed. And it wasn't until I, I really understood, okay, what are the things that are holding it up? What's the core? And once you find what those were and you push those out, that's when the tower collapses. And that's when the behavior pattern collapses. And so that's what I do with my clients. We work specifically on, on finding and eliminating the core, those beliefs that are supporting that behavior pattern specifically in order to collapse it so that they're not affected by it ever again. And that gives you, you know, huge transformations in very short spaces of time. You said there were uh, 20 of them? 
Yeah, there are there are tw- typically twenty that sit in in some of the the behaviour patterns, and some of those transition across others. So you might have another behaviour pattern that includes some of those uh, limiting beliefs, but not all of them. And even though there's twenty, not everybody has all twenty. Oh. So sometimes what you're doing is you're working with a client to find out which ones are having an impact on them, and also. There are some standard ones, if you like. So I give you an example. The core belief that I'm not good enough or that people are not interested in what I have to say or what will other people think of me, those types of core beliefs exist for lots of people. But sometimes there's a, a slight variation. And so the time we spend with clients, you know, eliminating, eliminating beliefs takes minutes, literally. You know, I, I could do it in less than 10 or 15 minutes. You need to spend some time before that trying to work out exactly what the belief is. So it's not just that they're all identical. You might have somebody who has a variation of that belief. And understanding what that is is the key to being able to push the block out in order for the tower to collapse. Because if you just if you don't find the right one, you're not going to have the same impact. Yeah, the I'm not good enough one, that is one that I hear quite often. One that I even said a, a lot throughout life. So Yeah, and it's you know, it's it's like I say, it's one of the core ones. It's one of the ones that you know probably affects most people um, that I've ever worked with, either that directly or a or a variation of it. And it's one of the strongest ones. Now on your website I know you also offer a free training, total resilience. What can we get from that? I developed a program which has five steps in it is called the Dream Success System, and it was born out of the uh, the steps that I took over ten years to really transform my life in total. And resilience is one of those steps. It's the second step, the R from the Dream System. And what I decided to do was, it had such a profound effect that I wanted more people to to get access to it. So I took it and used it as as a building block and allowed people to have it for free as part of. Uh, from the website, as you as you mentioned, but essentially what it does is, people think that resilience is something that you need to get, or something you you develop. Uh, my own personal belief is that resilience is something that we all have inherently. The problem is when we we don't understand what it means really, and and how it impacts us, and what that training is designed to do is to give people an awareness of what resilience really is, and and the key concept that under underpins resilience for everybody so the thing that stops people moving onwards even through difficult times which is essentially what resilience is is that they think that the the event the situation is what's causing their stress causing their um, frustration causing their upset causing their anger they think that that's the event or the situation is causing that and having an understanding that Nothing external can cause you to feel a particular way that that external events don't make you feel that was such a huge learning for me and such a huge benefit that I really wanted people to understand that as as a single individual thing, that if they could get this concept right, that events have no meaning, save for the meaning that we give them, it would transform the way that they viewed situations. So, you know, right now is a good uh, is a good explanation because the current situation we find ourselves in across the world is the same essentially for everybody. 
but some people are viewing it as an obstacle and some people are viewing it as an opportunity. Right. And whether it's an obstacle or an opportunity is based on, on you as an individual. And so knowing that the current situation is not responsible for the way that I feel, it can't have an impact on me unless I allow it to. In other words, unless I give it some meaning, um, then I can continue to do whatever it is that I want to do, regardless of the external environment or situation. And I think that can have such a profound effect for people if they really understand it, particularly entrepreneurs who are facing obstacles or difficulties and, and, and wanting to push through, be resilient um, and get to the other side. It's, it's hugely important that, that people understand that. That's a great example because we're all in this together. We're all going through the same thing right now, but it's making all of us feel differently. Some of us are angry and sad and some of us, like you said, look at it as an opportunity. So that that's a really good example, actually. Yeah. And, you know, I, I look back, you look at the last financial crisis that we had in 2008, you know, that cost me my business and it cost me three years of, of my life in terms of, you know, a real difficult both financial and personal period of time and also health wise. But during that time, in the same time that I was going through that, you know, there were billion dollar brands born in that period. Organizations like Uber came about during that, yep. that financial crisis. So, you know, it, it cannot be the event, the situation that, that, that causes us to be like that. It's got to be the way that we see it. So having that understanding is, is huge, I think. And that's why that particular uh, module of my training is, is something that I give, uh, I give away for free on my website. DeanAFox.com. I mean, it's a, besides that, it's a ton of information on your website. What else can people find uh, find there? I mean, I know I found like um, information about you, your story, different interviews that you've done, different trainings that you offer, your one on one. So, what else can people get from visiting your site? Yeah, there's also I have I have a complete uh, section on the website with with free resources, so people can get access to some of uh, some of the videos that I've posted, some of my where I've, where I've spoke at events. You know, I've, I've put some of the the, the, the trainings that I've delivered. Uh, some of those are on there. Some of my other podcasts, so people can get a whole whole a range of resources on there. They can also book strategy calls and, and belief elimination calls with me direct from the website. And I wanted to try and make the website um, so that people could find out, you know, a lot about me, my personal stories on there. I'm really open about the things that I went through so that people can understand who I am and where I'm coming from and what, what I want to people to get from, from, from working with me. And then also some ways in which they can, they can actually, uh, they can actually reach out and, uh, and work with me as well. Thank you, Dean. Yeah, you, your story is an amazing one, and I'm happy that you were able to get to where you are today. Can you tell me something that you want the audience to take from this conversation? Is there any, is there like one key point that you want them to really take on? I think the biggest thing for me is, you know, we've touched on it already, I suppose, but it's this idea that, first of all, no matter where you are in your journey, however dark uh, it looks right now, those times are not permanent. They will pass. Your job is to be around long enough to see them pass and see the light on the other side of the darkness. And it is difficult to do at times, but in order to do that, you really need to understand this idea that there are just situations. They are not obstacles or, or opportunities at any given time. They are just situations and, and how you perceive them is, is what will determine your outcome on the other side. Um, there's a great quote from, um, Jim Rohn who said that the same wind blows on us all 
And it's not the blowing of the wind that determines our destination, but the set of the sail. And so I want really want people to understand that if they set a better sail right now, even though we're going through difficult, stormy times, that the set of the sail will, will determine your destination at the other side. Awesome. And look at you from 2008, lost your business, almost lost your home, road traffic accident, wanted to take your life. And now you're happy watching your boys play golf. It's, you know, your, your story is, is inspiring. And I appreciate you, Dean. Thank you, James. It's been, it's been a pleasure. And I, I'm, I'm always, always blessed and grateful to be able to, to share my story. If we inspire one person to, you know, to see that there's hope available for them uh, and they want to make some sort of change in their life, however small, then it's a blessing. Um, and I'm, I'm always grateful for the opportunity to do that. Very true. If we can just help one person, then that is enough for me. Besides your website, is there anywhere else where people can go to find you or learn more about you? Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm on most of the social media channels, so you can get me both on Facebook and Instagram at, at Dean Fox Coaching, and you can get me on, on LinkedIn under Dean A. Fox, and I'm also on, on Twitter at I'm Dean A. Fox. Great. You're everywhere, and I will leave um, all those links in the uh, show notes of this episode. Dean, I want to thank you once again so very much for coming onto the show and sharing your story and being open about it. I appreciate you. You enjoyed the, the nice blue skies out there in the UK, okay? Thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure. Look forward to speaking to you again, James. Take care. Oh, you too. Take care. Bye. What a powerful story. Dean, I want to thank you for sharing your story with me, and I'm sure people will take a lot from our conversation today. I'm glad that you were able to help people learn from your experiences with bankruptcy, the road traffic accident, and your bouts with your suicidal thoughts. I want Everybody to go check out DeanAFox.com. You can find a lot of information about Dean and everything that he does. I will have a link to his website in the show notes at TheJamesShannon.com slash six. And next week on episode seven, we will be talking to a former pro pitcher that was drafted by the Baltimore Orioles and how his bad decisions led him out of baseball. I want to thank all of you and please like subscribe or comment and i'll talk to you later